0: bigger business this is the disenfranchised podcast where that podcast all about those franchises of one those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film i am your host Stephen foxworthy and not joining me tonight as always unfortunately because his router was cursed by an egyptian soul sucker with ties to the deep south is my co-host brett wright um, we wish him a very him and his router a very speedy recovery, although something tells me it's just going to be so much crap at the end of the day. Um, but I am not alone. I've got some friends here with me to help me take care of business. Uh, they are familiar faces. If you are fans of the disenfranchised podcast. Uh, First up, uh, a man, I think who's jo- it, this is his fourth time on the podcast, I believe, because uh, you joined us to talk yeah. shocker. Uh, You joined us behind the paywall to talk mm-hmm. Scream for. And you also joined us to talk Follow That Bird. What and now you're back to talk about like this the movie. Other. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're back for week two of Spooky-Thon. It's our good friend, Brian Kuyper. Welcome, hey, Brian. nice
1: to be back. I love being on this show.
0: Always a joy to have you. Uh, and joining him, um, I mean, let's no, let's be no, honest. No, no, we... no. Um, I'm saying,
2: why am I was like, why am I joining him? <laughs> that's
0: that's fair. That's no, that's 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 fully fair. Look, I would I would love to tell you who our other guest is, but it's it's top secret, classified information. But between you and me, listener, wow, she joined us on the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode. It is Michelle Egan. Michelle, Hello. always nice to see your smiling face.
2: Yeah. I brought the best movie, right, to the, this podcast, like you said? You
1: really did. I'm just saying. You really All did. that bird was um, Honestly, it's, oh, it's one of our- <laughs> This is my fifth time. We talked Night of the Creeps as well.
0: Fuck yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. Night of the Creeps. So you're the first man
1: to enter oh, the five-timers club. Right. I get the gold jacket. Yeah, oh. And uh, yeah, and uh, uh, to entry to the five-timers club to shake hands with Steve Martin now.
0: Well, Steve Martin, to be fair, doesn't really have ties Uh-oh. to the podcast so yeah. much. Um, but but you know, you you can give my okay. dog a All hug right. if you
1: want. Right.
0: <laughs> he makes he makes a guest appearance on every now and but, again. But um, yes, I've totally yeah, forgotten Night of
1: the Creeds. Which, you know, hey, which is the second greatest movie after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right?
2: That's right. It's
1: it's up, it's there. up there. It's a great and movie. I'm
0: gonna be honest, not Who Framed Roger Rabbit is one of our all-time most downloaded awesome. episodes as well. Yes.
2: People love that episode. (laughs)
0: Um, And so, of course, this kind of classifies as a crossover podcast because together I'm with I'm with the host of Movies for Life. You are. yep. And and let's be (laughs) honest, if you're not listening to Movies for Life, what are you doing with your life? Because that podcast fucking rips. You guys consistently put out great programming. So keep it up. I am. I have nothing but the highest of hopes for this episode. Uh, No pressure
2: yeah thanks yeah. great
0: okay. None, none, okay, whatsoever. none whatsoever bring the fun bring the fun and of course I... brian i believe you picked out this movie knowing michelle's fondness for it so why don't you go ahead and tell us what movie we are covering we right. are
1: covering don coscarelli's i should have said that in an elvis voice we're covering a john don coscarelli's bubba hotep that's a really bad impression. <laughs> that's no, okay. that's
0: incredible. Let's let's keep that that standard of Elvis impression and through the whole episode. Try.
1: We will try. Yeah. Excellent.
2: From, you <laughs> you will try. I will not be and of that
1: We should say <laughs> I'm not going it. It's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. It came out in
2: I was going to say yeah, it is. Yeah. It
1: is. Last month, turned 20. Mm. Uh Bubba Ho
0: from 2002, directed of course and written by Don Coscarelli uh and starring Bruce Campbell, Ozzy Davis, Bob Ivy, Ella Joyce, Heidi Mar, Mar- Marnhout, Marnhout, Heidi I am so sorry. Come on the podcast and, and I will beg your forgiveness. Uh Edith Jefferson, Larry Pinnell, Reggie Bannister and Grandpa Munster himself, Daniel Robuck along with Daniel Schweiger. Uh what a cast, my friends. What a picture. Yes. I uh Rob yeah. Rob Zombie's uh grandpa monster. Have we seen the Rob Zombie Monsters I you think of it? watched it
1: and I I, okay. I I had fun with it. I thought it was fine. I, I mean it's um it's a departure. I gotta give Mr. Zombie credit for doing something real different uh, from what he's done before. And uh, you know, it was uh it was fine. <laughs> it, well, I wasn't crazy <laughs> about it, but I but I thought it was fine. I've seen a lot of very
0: effusive comments about it and it makes me like think maybe I should watch it before I eventually have to cover it
1: for this podcast but not, I I, I got to admit I kind of hope it gets a sequel. I okay, I, I have to say cuz I think this one feels like the beginning of the story. It feels like, you know, it it mm-hmm. sort of sets up all the stuff that's familiar with the TV show well they don't yeah, even have they the, don't kids, have the yet, kids' right? Yet. So we're missing, we're missling, missing, you know, Eddie and uh no spoiler alert, Eddie and, and uh what's her name? Marilyn Marilyn, right? Yeah, by the end. I yeah, think that's right. So but you know, hey, it's I, I think the the performers are having a good time. Um I think especially uh Herman and grandpa are particularly good and you know hey I'm I, I'm a Sherry Moon fan I think she's I think she does all right I mean I I I, I, I right. mean come on it's just, she's she's it's, it's a fun movie I thought I thought it was all, fun. Right. all right well maybe we won't cover it one day maybe maybe I, I look I am
0: perfectly willing well, to be it, wrong it did pretty well for Netflix, um, I've been so wrong before it
1: did, it did all right for Netflix so I mean had had a pretty good uh, opening week there so hopefully Hopefully, maybe they'll they'll say, hey, yeah, uh, we made we made our money back on this one. Here's another two million dollars. You know, that's like all he gets to make these things. So, you know, I mean, Netflix is uh, is famously
0: hemorrhaging money these days. So So we'll see. So they probably don't have a lot more than that to to throw around. So, Yeah. yeah. And look what what a director like Zombie can do with a couple million is more than you know, what, what lesser directors true. can do. It's are, true. So. And,
1: you know, he's, yeah. he's sort of seems to have a bit of that, you know, Roger Corman school instinct in him of being able to stretch the dollar a, a, a ways, which is practically yeah. dead these days. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, I think the movie's a little long for what it is, but otherwise I thought it was fine. What well, what movie I isn't know? these days? I know that's the one thing that kind of <laughs> drives me nuts, but you know. give me, give me a tight
0: night.
2: Like this movie. Ninety-two yep. minutes.
1: Like, I forgot God how short yeah, it was.
2: Just... I remember it being a lot longer yeah. for some reason. But I was like, oh, "No, no, mm. this is almost over." Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's
0: Weird. A fucking. You get halfway through the movie and then you're like, "Oh, we're ready to kill this thing now." Yeah, hell yeah, let's
1: do this. It <laughs> this just flies great. by, you know. It's like because because I was watching it last night, and my wife came in and it was like. And she, we haven't seen each other all week, so I thought, okay, she probably doesn't really want to watch this, so I had to turn it off. But it was like just as they were about to go fight the mummy. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're already to the part where they fight the mummy. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, yeah. they're, they fight a mummy. They yeah. fight a mummy. Do we know Not who fights a mummy? You'll have to
0: find <laughs> out. We haven't mentioned that yet. But look, if you haven't seen Bubba Hotep, go out and watch Bubba Hotep. Holy shit. This movie is so yeah. much fun. Like I saw this movie before I liked horror movies, and I thought it was just mm-hmm. a blast. So um yeah, there's this there's a lot to love about Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Um Brian, I, I don't remember the conversation that led I us to this, either. Brian, but I think we were <laughs> I think we might have been talking about a potential crossover yeah. episode. And you said, what about Bubba Hotep? Because I know Michelle loves that one and she'll be fine with it. <laughs> and then we told her and she was in. Look. And then she <laughs> kept forgetting. We <laughs> like, talked about it.
2: That only happened like twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It happened I think both it was it happened after we recorded my episode of Movies for Life on yeah, Citizen Kane. Yeah. And it happened I think again after you recorded the Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode you're like what yeah. am, I'm coming back <laughs> what am I coming back for? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You're you're fine. It's we look we made it. We're, we're here. Here finally happening. doing it so I don't have to remember it, in the making and I have to do exactly. It. You can you can forget you can forget all about disenfranchised now. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> You can forget mid-recording if you want to. We wow, won't Wow, I
2: won't do that. I would never do that to you. Aww. Well, I had <laughs> I, I had turned Shot. it on
1: to watch it just for kicks because I hadn't seen it in a while. And I was like, I bought, because mm-hmm. I bought the Scream Factory Blu-ray. I had only seen it once before. And what's mm-hmm. funny is, this is one of those movies I saw because um, I used to rent a lot of movies. It seems like I was renting horror movies all the time that were like on the Anchor Bay. Uh, dvd label um because Mm -hmm. you know that's where army of darkness lived and that's where also you know
0: i have that yeah yeah
1: and and like you know rise of leslie vernon and all these movies I really dug you know and during that time early 2000s -hmm. and there's a preview for this crazy movie with bruce campbell uh where he plays elvis uh fighting a mummy and i thought Okay, I got to see that. I don't know what that is, but I got to see that movie. So I somehow, I, I don't know if I rented it or what. I must have just rented it and I watched it. And I was actually a little bit disappointed because it wasn't as funny as I expected it to be. It's a little bit. Um, what were you expecting? I was, <laughs> I, wonder, <Evil laughs> Dead I was expecting Evil Dead 2. Okay. 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 I mean, this is not yeah, evil. It's, Dead 2. it's not. It's not frantic. Evil Dead Two. You know, Bruce Campbell flipping himself over. You know, with his own hand, kind of, kind of thing. Um,
0: no, this is Bruce Campbell can barely walk with yeah, a walker, but
2: he's still pretty awesome with the physical comedy in this. Yeah, though, absolutely. The, him, him against that beetle, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Well, I yeah. mean, and, or going down the hill with his walker is like the funniest shit. I know,
1: and I gotta and I gotta say, I mean, this movie is very funny, but I mean, it's moving it's really really Mm. moving and i actually Mm -hmm. think um you you i thought i was expecting something so far over the top i guess and to him actually not just be doing an imitation but to be doing a real character in this movie Mm. i think this is one of bruce campbell's one of his best if not his best performance it's just so good Mm -hmm. and um so it's got nuance. Yeah. It's got heart. Like, yeah. it's all and so, so I don't know if I was exactly ready for that. Bruce Campbell, when I saw this the first time, I was like, I like it. It's good. And then I um, saw it again um, when I b- bought the Blu-ray and I was just like, wow, this is so good that I I think I texted Michelle and said, you like this movie? And she's like, oh, yeah, I like that movie. it's like, okay. Did you know it was supposed to have a sequel? It's like, that's what I heard. Yeah. Okay. Um, then, I, then I texted you. <laughs> I, I DMed I DM Stephen and said, hey, um, so Bubba Hotep was supposed to get a sequel. <laughs> to which I said, it's on the yep. list. Cause, which is what I say anytime
0: yeah. someone's like, hey, did you know such and such? I'm like, it's on the list. Yep. We're getting there. We'll get there yep. someday. Yep. And so Brian kind of pushed my hand here and was like, yes, we will talk about Bubba <laughs> Hotep and we will yep. do it together
2: i'm glad he Uh, did i hadn't seen this in a while myself but yeah i was a big fan of it around the time like when it came out i think just running in the the horror circles i definitely heard about this one and it was a favorite right away again i think probably for the same reason like you're expecting something a little bit sillier and you get something incredibly sincere and moving and it's a really wonderful surprise that still manages to like play the
0: comedy notes really mm-hmm. really well but it's not the it, it has more in common i would say with like uh Doctor Strange love than it does with something you know more out and out just wacky sure. and goofy like it it it's it's there's something to say here and it's actually really well done like everyone's playing a character you get Ozzy Davis to
1: play I know to play JFK like <laughs> see see the first time i saw that i was like what <laughs> <laughs> just, that just <laughs> killed me i thought that was so funny uh. yes the the joke there
0: is again the absurdity of it is uh, chef's mm-hmm. kiss yep. uh so this is this was an early horror film for me i i again fa- long time fans of the show will know i i've not historically been a big horror person for various reasons um so this was an early horror film for me and I really dug it like it wasn't like I wasn't like blown away by it, but I was like, that's really fun. I love the premise. There may be I may have had some issues with the execution at first, but I was like, that's really fun. And then I watched it again a couple years ago for one of my Halloween marathons, Halloween horror marathons. And I was like, damn it, if that's not a really fun movie. And then I watched it again for this. And I was like, this just keeps every getting time. better every mm-hmm. time I mm-hmm. watch it. Yeah. And there's something new to discover. There's something new to find. Um, there's a line reading that'll hit you different yeah. like it's 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 almost like it's a different movie every yeah. time you see it
1: absolutely
2: feels like one of those that's gonna get better as you get older yes. too you know yes. mm. <laughs> obvious for obvious reasons yeah. right the The more you end up being
0: like you know the main characters of this movie, the more you're oh. probably going to resonate. a lot of those things are gonna resonate more with you for sure um Brian, have we stalled long enough? <laughs> should 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 we get to the plot in sixty oh, seconds
1: yeah. let's do it time for a c t i o n
0: that's right a little. A little less action, a little more conversation is what I always say. Um, So we are, of course, um, the longtime listeners will know if this is your first episode. Welcome. We're glad to have you. But uh, so if you don't know, this is the part of the show where we will recount the plot of the film we're discussing. In this case, Don Coscarelli's 2002 film Bubba Hotep in 60 seconds or less. Normally, Brett or I are doing that at the behest of the coin of justice. But when we have guests in, we like to let them do it for us. And Brian Valen told himself that he was going to be doing this. Um, That's right. So uh, Brian, Brian's going to go ahead and regale us with the plot in 60 seconds. I've got your time on the clock. So whenever you're ready, sir, I will start. I'll give you the 30 and 10 second warnings. As I, I have always. a feeling
1: this will not take me a minute to read. Okay. So it's gonna Fair be enough. under probably He wrote something. I I I always Oh he always do. does. I, I oh, he's prepared that feels like cheating a little well, bit to me. Well, I, I it's I, not I, I, we allow I, it. I'm a I'm a writer. I'm he's a, a known writer. cheater on our show,
2: yeah. anyway.
0: So it's legal cheating because <laughs> we allow it. <laughs> okay. Go on.
1: All right.
0: All
2: right. All right.
1: I'm ready. Okay. Right. Elvis is alive and well and living in Texas, little. Musical theater joke there for you. At a rest home sometime after switching places with an impersonator and breaking his hip during a show. Turns out that a mummy with a penchant for Western wear has returned from the dead and is sucking the souls out of the other residents. So Elvis joins forces with Jack Kennedy, still alive, head stuffed with a sandbag and dyed black, to fight this Bubba Hotel. During the final showdown, Jack gets killed, so Elvis takes his wheelchair, time for A-C-T-I-O-N, and destroys the mummy with fire. Though seriously injured in the fight, he still has his soul, and so does everyone else at Shady Rest. In the end, all is well. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, you
0: were doing so well, and I got so enraptured, I didn't even give you the third. You, you had 11 seconds <laughs> right. to spare. That was brilliant. Well done, sir. Well, thank Fine. you. I, I completely blew past the 30 seconds because I was just so enthralled by your uh <laughs> by your recounting there. That's absolutely phenomenal. The one thing you you left out that I was kind of hoping you would include is is how he was sucking uh, the, ass of the ass elders. Yeah, like,
2: I
1: forgot about that.
2: You forgot the whole yeah. butthole part. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean on. that's kind of an important yeah, part, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah,
1: I know. I, I just I kind of did the simplified version because I didn't talk about the scarabs either, I know. But I think Yeah, that's true.
0: That's, and then you know. That's fine. There, that that gives us some stuff yeah. to get into yeah. in the episode, yeah.
1: right? Just yeah. gives us more I, to talk about. I mean, about. The, the main the main um, plot of the thing is John F. Kennedy and Elvis fight a mummy. I mean, that right. that's like it. I mean, they're old in a rest home and they fight a mummy. What the yeah, hell else and, do you need? And everything honestly. everything else <laughs> is kind of like the um, texture of the movie in so many ways, right? And yeah, I mean, it's sort of an elevator pitch hook, you know i mean what else yeah. do you need
0: <laughs> it's kind of yeah. perfect it's kind of this perfect object and it exists it's it's almost better as a pitch than a movie and then you watch the movie and you're like no this yeah. fucking rules like no this is great i love this this is a lot of fun
2: did so, either of you read the short story i never have that I, based not. On? So I never have day, right yeah. yeah i never
1: have I'm, yeah, not I'm not familiar I've no. heard the name often, but I but I'm not really familiar with his work. So yeah.
2: It's not called Bubba Hotep, it's called crap. I, I heard it on one of the special features last night. It's called like Elvis Fights a Mummy or something, I think. <laughs> and that's what uh Don Coscarelli saw in like the uh table of contents for this his book, and he was like, Well, oh, I gotta read that.
0: <laughs> well, and I know then, what I'm doing for my next yeah. movie. <laughs> Uh, according to the uh Wikipedia article, it's the the name is Bubba Hotap, it's a 1994 oh. alternate history novella by Joe La- Joe R. Lansdale. Okay, so that's not what Don the... Coscarelli said in the interview. Well, I mean, look, Don Coscarelli, he's earned the right to get a few <laughs> details wrong,
2: and honestly, this seems like <laughs> the kind he of was thing he's reading would... the synopsis.
0: May... Well, and this honestly feels like the kind of thing they would change the name to once the movie sure. comes out, right. and It kind of becomes its own yeah. thing. So I wouldn't put That's that why I believed him, him at all. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that, and, and look, Bubba Hotep, friggin' great name it for uh-huh. for, a, for a movie, yeah. honestly. Um, because it tells you exactly what the thing is. But also it tells you nothing, nothing about, about it, it at yeah. all. It tells you everything and nothing. Hotep, Mummy, Bubba, like redneck dude. Wait, what? <laughs> like, what? you almost <laughs> expect him to be wearing like a trucker hat and flannel and like like eating dip or char or whatever you call it and <laughs> like just spitting and like that's that kind of that stereotypical kind of southern good old boy kind of thing that but no he's just he's got like a, a cowboy hat and chaps like he just <laughs> ch- and just kind of walks around like a gunslinger like that's kind of <laughs> fun do you, do you not know gonna what lie it
1: reminds me if there was this um VHS cover when I was a kid for this movie that I've never seen called Ghost Town that's like a skeleton in chaps and a cowboy hat and a vest with like guns hmm. on its hips it sounds familiar it's like the coolest it's the coolest VHS cover and um I've I got to see that movie one of these days but I I still remember just this cover art and it's just so memorable and um Bubba Hotep actually kinda looks like that. Uh except he's you know, got the bandages and stuff, but it's pretty awesome. I I found it. I'm gonna drop
0: it here yeah. in the chat and just to verify that this is in fact what you're well, talking about. Let me see here. Yep, if you that's can, the if one. You can click that link. Yeah. That's the one. Okay. And I mean I yeah absolutely see where yeah. you're coming from on that like oh, with yeah. the you know the exception of the cock yeah. hip there that's that's he's got that kind <laughs> yeah. of swagger yeah and that's very much as we'll, we'll try that we'll try that the bad
2: the satanic the, yeah. i like that
0: <laughs> what a tagline yeah. you know again it's one of those taglines that tells you everything you need to know about the picture and yet yeah. nothing at all, all at the same time <laughs> um and yeah i mean you get okay redneck mummy but then you go deeper and oh it's it's elvis and JFK but it it might not be Elvis and JFK like this whole movie is populated by unreliable narrators Mm -hmm. to the extent that I was kind of wondering this time as I watch it this is kind of the first time I'd asked myself this question is who do we believe like how far is our suspension of disbelief willing to go like I think we're supposed to believe Elvis a little bit or or Sebastian half a little bit Because he's our narrator, but the simple fact that he's where he is doing what he's doing makes him unreliable. And we're kind of led to not believe JFK just because of the absurdity of the claim. (laughs) Hmm? And then if you extend that further, like these two guys who are themselves unreliable are recounting this Egyptian mummy is infesting a nursing home. Like, at what point do we stop our suspension of disbelief? Like, at what point... Do we or do we just allow ourselves to accept everything at face value and it is what it is? Or are we asking ourselves
1: like, I don't know, wh- how far do we take this? And another thing is that I always find funny about narration. He's telling the mm. story as though it were as though it happened in the past. Right. But he dies at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. And it's like, it's, right. it's, it's is, is this uh, it's 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 wild to To think that, um maybe you know or you know we assume he dies, I should say, he leads us to believe yeah, that he's dying, yes. yeah, and so it's just kind of like how can he be telling the story at all <laughs> unless unless he's telling it from yeah. the great beyond, which is also entirely yeah.
0: possible, it does kind of ruin a lot of the um the uh I guess the emotional weight of the ending if. You know, if he if if that is how he's telling the story, but because he's going to his great reward, but he's He's got got a soul. He's got a soul. So, (laughs) you know, you know, he's and I mean, he's the hero. You know, he's not going to get his soul sucked out through his butthole by a by a redneck mummy. That's just (laughs) no, we're not we're not going to go that far.
2: Why is that so unbelievable? I don't I, don't get it. I mean
0: he's I don't, he's he's just I mean can you imagine um that's the end of the movie uh Brendan Fraser getting <laughs> can you imagine Brendan Fraser getting his soul sucked out of his butthole by um by the, uh by <laughs> uh, the mummy <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to remember the, Arnold Vosloo sorry I I've been trying to pull yeah. Arnold Vosloo for like the oh, last 5 goes. seconds Yeah I mean I, I mean maybe I don't know maybe that makes that movie more watchable to some people I don't know <laughs>
2: I'm not going to say anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, your face says it all, Michelle. It's, it's too bad this is an audio audio medium, because that face said it all. I'm
2: not touching that one. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as much as you might want to. Wait, did I say that? <laughs> but, I mean, he's the hero of the movie. You can't have the hero... Unless- <laughs> nothing up to this point has led me to believe this is the kind of movie where Elvis gets his soul sucked out through his butthole by an undead, by an undead breadneck. Like at, (laughs) at no point am I led to, to get to that point. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a misread of the movie on my part. I have no idea.
1: (laughs) I think you're on the right
2: track. Well, one thing I was kind of thinking of this time too, was if we don't believe either one of them, both of them are, um, pretending to be they're not just random people they're pretending to be famous people right and what does that say about them Mm -hmm. and any if anything i hadn't really thought of that so i don't know
0: (laughs) what i mean what does it say about them what does it say i mean what is it trying to say about the nature of celebrity in and of itself yeah. And then you've also got uh, you've also got the the guy who thinks he's the Lone Ranger, yep. Kimo Sabe, Yeah, Kimo Sabe. Yeah, who died as he lived, shouting asshole while firing fake guns yep. down a hallway.
2: <laughs> I love Kimo Yeah, um, <laughs> asshole, asshole, as- asshole.
0: <laughs> But
1: he had his soul. It's
0: my kind of guy. But he had I his will. soul intact, right? He yep. he again died as he yeah. lived. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, but, and, and again, though, that's, I think that's the interesting for me that anyway, and, and you may disagree, your mileage may vary on this, but that's the interesting question is we, the unreliable narrator is nothing new. Like it's, it's a fairly worn trope yeah. at this point, but when you have an unreliable narrator teaming up with someone equally unreliable to face off with the most far-fetched thing you can possibly imagine, like how far do you allow your suspension of disbelief to go? Um, Like, where do you draw the line? Because I would say up to this point, I probably drew the line at JFK, but this time I really started to question, is this guy really Elvis or did Sebastian half have a psychotic break at some point and legitimately start thinking he was Elvis? And if that's, and if, and if I, if I can't allow myself to believe that, can I believe any of this actually happened?
2: I mean, when we meet Sebastian half, he's sitting there alone full on eating a pie so maybe you know he was a little unhappy with himself because you, know, you don't do that when you're you're excited about your life maybe <laughs> maybe that's just me speak for yourself Michelle. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean that i mean that's really the only time we know of that is in fact sebastian half that we know not for one, sure right yeah that one scene where you see the two of them where the two of them meet and maybe that's
0: the moment that half has his break, you know, yeah. maybe he, maybe he meets, he meets his idol and that kind of like and creates that, that for him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe I didn't leave, maybe the King didn't leave that day. Maybe the King stayed right here where I am and maybe I'm him now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian, you look like you have a lot to I say and I, I can't know. wait to hear it. I don't know. I've, I've, I've I'm, I'm.
1: I, I feel like you're about to quote Tarantino me and tell me you reject me. I kind of just go on, on the ride with this one. Like I'm I willing, knew, I'm willing to fair. say, okay, even if they're not reliable, they believe this is true. And so exactly. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm willing to, to, um to follow their, their story and be engaged by their story. Um, Even even if they're just completely even even if they're just, you know, a couple of crazy guys, Um, you know,
2: maybe maybe it's so unbelievable that it becomes believable.
0: Yeah, we just we circle back around and meet again on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Like
0: you can't make this shit up. (laughs) Obviously, you can but. I, somebody did Joe Lansdale did but I um, and and I don't know it just it kind of struck me this time and and you know I I love this movie it's like I went I go along for the ride with this one as well like this is a fun movie this is I think maybe the platonic ideal of what a B movie could and yeah. should be in in a lot of ways um so again I'm I'm having fun with it at no point am I like bored at no point am I checked out but you know again the movie I think begs these
1: questions and I I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't at least ask sure so yeah um, it does and i think that's part of the fun of the movie though i mean it's, it's just like because mm-hmm. you see that little scar on the back of of jfk's head right of jack's head um yeah. and so because because uh elvis doesn't believe him either you know it's like right he, he you can tell at the end he's
0: essentially yeah, humoring yeah. him to get yeah. the assistance he needs to it's take like, down the money no, no offense jack but
1: John F. Kennedy. President Kennedy, President, was a white. President Kennedy was a white man. It's like they dyed me this they died color. They dyed me this color. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is again such an incredibly and Ozzy Davis. Let's I I am let's do a, a bit of an Ozzy Davis sidebar because Ozzy okay. Davis sidebar because that guy. Please, such an absolutely incredible performer. Like he's in Do the Right Thing. Just which is a a masterpiece yep. like the man's credits are absolutely insane. Like just the dude has done so much incredible work over the course of his multi-decade career. Yeah. Uh, his first, his first role is in 1950 uncredited in the film. No way out. His last role is in 2005 as uh Melvin Porter on the L word, like 50 year yep. career. This man has had and just such incredible he He's the kind of guy who just brings gravitas to Absolutely. everything he does. Which
2: when makes he it even more Lee incredible says, that he's in this movie.
0: <laughs> and honestly, I think that's what makes this movie. Like him and Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell not playing a caricature. Not playing a an Elvis impersonator. But actually trying to embody Elvis. Mm-hmm. And Ozzie Davis bringing all of the sincerity and gravitas that Ozzie Davis has brought to literally any role he's yeah, ever played. In the service of this very, very silly role in this very, very silly movie, um, that's the kind of thing that grounds this movie in the here and now, I think, which makes it so effective.
2: Absolutely. I'm just
0: completely blown away by what everything he does. I've never seen him give a false performance. Mm -hmm. And this is certainly – he doesn't sound anything like John F. Kennedy. He doesn't look anything like John F. Kennedy, but he has the bearing of a John F. Kennedy. And that's all you need to
2: sell him in this role.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: My favorite um, quotes from the uh, the Bruce Campbell interview on here was like, he, when he would talk to Ossie Davis on set and it would ask him like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you doing this movie? <laughs> Just because of those reasons, because he's like got such a, grand reputation of like being this great actor and he's in this silly movie but yeah he really does bring a lot of um a lot even more of the sincerity and believability to the character even though yeah, his story is all is way more unbelievable than Elvis's slash Sebastian's a hundred percent yeah but he's like, also just got that deadpan humor that is just so with <laughs> when he's like he's so believing in the, the the character that he's playing that like every line that he says is like hilarious to me even if it's not like supposed to be a joke or anything like one of my favorite line readings in this movie is when he walks in and he's like i had the woman who calls herself my niece come get me <laughs> and i'm just like <laughs> that just like cracks me Yeah, the way he says it is absolutely so, perfect. matter of fact yeah exactly because he's he like under- he's fully into the character he believes it he's jfk that woman is not his niece
0: <laughs> he understands truly the, the 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 idiom that comedy is in the sincerity yeah exactly like it, it's it's funny because he believes it like mm-hmm. if he would play it with any kind of winking or any kind of like Nudge to the audience, the whole thing would fall apart. But because Ozzy plays it like this guy believes he's JFK, yeah, every line is a fucking banger. It just he knocks it out of the park every single time, and and good for him because like this is one of his one of his later day roles, and it it kills. He kills he in this so movie,
2: and he's not afraid to be like s- silly with like the the crazy dialogue and you know talking about sucking souls out of your asshole and talking about chocolate ding-dongs and <laughs> i guess mine would be that mine would be chocolate now that they died me like yeah, uh, the, the, yeah the absurdity kind of, of the much fun. yeah is makes it even better absolutely
1: a hundred percent Brian Ozzie Davis thoughts. I don't think I have anything more I can add, you know. He's, <laughs> everything that was that you guys have said is perfect. I mean, he, he the guy was incredible. And also, I mean, one of the things that maybe about um the why are you here? Why are you in this movie? Um he was making um low budget movies as a director too, you know? So, I mean, he, I think has a respect for the medium and is like, if it's something, cause I mean, Bruce Campbell obviously is, he's a, <laughs> he's a B movie actor, right? He, those are the kinds of movies right. that he's always landing his starring roles in, you know? Um, and the kind of movies I think he seems to prefer as an actor yeah. as well. Like,
0: from everything i've read him say that's the kind of stuff he'd rather be doing like he doesn't feel at home on those big budget sets well
1: i think there's also just the sense of 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 freedom of it you know the sense of experimentation that you can do in something like this that you can't do on the <laughs> on the set of doctor strange 2 uh, even though I th- have a feeling if your buddy Sam is the director of that movie, you can <laughs> probably get away with a few things. Uh And it seems and for me and for it's me true. watching that movie, he was the liveliest thing about it.
0: Oh, not even not yeah. even close, like with number one yeah. with a bullet like you get you get to get the good old Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, like. You, and you can hear Sam Raimi practically giggling behind the camera every time he's make making Bruce Campbell punch himself in the right. face or, like, body slam himself or, or whatever he's making him mm-hmm. do. Like, that's the – you just – you can feel Sam behind the camera just giggling, like, <laughs> just kind of giddy to be able to do this with his yeah. buddy again. Yeah. Because this is how they, they made their way. Like, Evil Dead 2 is basically Sam just sitting there going, okay, punch yourself. Okay, no harder. Now hit, like, hit
1: yourself over the head with a plate. Okay. Okay. Now do it, do again. it again. Do it again. Keep yeah. doing can, it. Can, can you doing it? Can you flip yourself over? <laughs> Grab yourself by the back of the head. Flip yourself over. <laughs> do it. Do it. Come on. Come on. Go, Bruce. Anyway.
2: Now you're doing a Sam impression. <laughs> it's okay. Oh,
1: I.
0: Oh,
2: Sam Raimi's the best. He is. fucking um, love that guy. fucking love that the guy. Scene the scene with the scarab beetle is reminding me a little bit of totally. like, what Evil Dead too. Kind of. Yeah. Thing. That. That. Absolutely. That.
1: You know where you've got the obviously the the <laughs> the scarabs on on a rig right in front of the camera so it could and it's flying you know that sort of thing where it's obviously attached to the camera mm-hmm. those kinds of things that mm-hmm. sam Raimi and you know the coen brothers do it too you know um, right well they it's learned it from sam exactly. yeah so it's just that sort of thing um and i and there are some shots where where you know it feels like okay it's a bruce campbell movie we got to have something that's some kind of an homage to (laughs) to sam right um
2: and Don he's got a sense
1: of that energy though uh even watching of course phantasm those are some of the tricks that he uses in that too those spheres are like connected to the cameras so often (laughs) i was you know I was getting a sphere vibe uh-huh. from,
0: from phantasm as I was watching that yeah. scarab scene this time. Like, cause I was, rem- I think the first two times I had seen Bubba Hotep, I hadn't seen right. phantasm. So I've, I've since watched phantasm and I was just like, Oh no, this makes yeah. sense. Like this absolutely makes sense now. Definitely. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was great.
1: Yeah. That, and that scene's a lot of fun. Um, cause <laughs> we already have been set up to know that that container of chocolates has this thing in it because it attacked the riot. weird lady. <laughs> took, mm-hmm. took the person. it
2: took like that woman's iron, iron as lung. She's an
1: iron lung. I mean, that is. I mean, that is just dark humor. That's
2: the poor lady's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: Going over and stealing everyone's shit, and it's just oh man, it's oh so my funny, god. and um, and you know she gets. Uh, killed by she's she gets her soul sucked out through her butthole, um, yeah. but uh, so much, yeah. that's our first sort of glimpse of of the Bubba Hotep. But um, right, and that scarab is so cool. It's just and it's got that little head that pops out of it too. You know, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the blades and the yeah. spheres from from Phantasm. Yeah, in, and in th- way. this was K and B, wasn't it? I, I mean, so, this, yeah. is, K&... this is K&B sense. doing, I mean, this is post Dances with Wolves and and Misery and all the big stuff that, that they'd been doing. And they come back and do, you know, this little low budget movie like they started out with. I mean, it's just, it's kind of fun to see them do sort of that handmade um, sort of stuck together with chewing gum and duct tape kind of thing again, you know? Um, right. It's very cool. Which, I mean,
0: I, I, I'm I'm always a sucker for uh-huh. practical effects. You know, I've said it so many times, but you know, just the notion that we've got. Scarab beetles on strings, yeah. basically like dangling in front mm-hmm. of cameras and like, I, I don't know. All of this just seems very, feels very tactile in a way that films just weren't feeling around 2002. Like even the low budget stuff was doing really shitty, really cheap, computer generated effects and i feel like that helps give this movie a kind of a staying power the fact that it has practical effects and those almost never age like those practical effects like sure as as film quality gets better you can see the strings but there's still even even when you can see the strings there's still kind of a a a tactile nature to it like there's still like something homey about seeing kind of you know a guy off screen with a giant Mm -hmm. like you know pole with a bat on the end of it just kind of dangling it above bella Lugosi's head <laughs> there's a head kind or something, of charm you know?
1: to it yeah, yeah exactly you know, absolutely i love watching old episodes like doctor who <laughs> where you mm-hmm. have just the the craziest aliens that look so fake but they're somehow just so much fun and you know there's a saying about uh, like stop stop motion stop motion looks fake but feels real um, where, mm. um, computer CGI looks real, but feels fake. And, and exactly. I think there's a, yeah. there's a truth to that. I mean, that you, you kind of like, you know, that no, that, I mean, obviously it takes a great deal of work to do these, but you know, that it wasn't there, You you but somehow right. with stop motion, somehow uh, there's, there's a. Again, because there's something there that was manipulated with someone 's hands to move um there's there's a power to that um, you know. yeah i mean it 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 again
0: there's a there's a tactility to it, like you and again with that comes a, an innate sense of yeah. charm, and you know as practical effects practical effects were really getting to a point where they were starting to be really really incredible, and then we discovered computers and the whole thing kind well, of fell apart, like I think Jurassic Park could have probably been a uh a testament to that and maybe kind of the harbinger of the end of of the practical effects
1: well here's the here's the thing though about about it though jurassic park they actually used you know phil Tippett to help actually animate Mm -hmm. those things anyway they like fed his um stop-motion animation of of those characters into the computer. So there's still something about uh, the tactility of it. And somehow with Jurassic Park, I know we're going a little far afield here, but Jurassic Park, it seems back. like they started at the top and it's just never been that good again.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's why Jurassic Park is the one that <laughs> yeah. holds up. Like compared to yeah. all the others, Jurassic Park is the one that holds up and and I was I, there was a part of me that was kind of wondering, why is that? And that makes perfect yeah. sense. Of course, it's because there's there's actually like a 3D, a physical 3D model there that they're kind of grafting the computer effects over the top of versus. And I think that's why something like Gollum works better than something like Jar Jar. Yeah.
1: Um, at the end Mandy of the day, circus because doing the motion capture and being and those things going on. Yeah.
0: Versus just Ahmed Best just kind of walking around set and them just laying. Computer-generated
1: stuff over yeah, the top of them. Yeah. um No disrespect no, to no, him at I best. Mean, he's, he's, um, <laughs> the Lord knows the man's been through enough. Uh- <laughs> correct, and I'm not going to put him through anymore. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to side with shitty Star Wars fans. No, not
0: on this no. podcast, okay? <laughs> we've we've said enough about shitty Star Wars fans over the years. <laughs> so, um, but no, I mean that again, and and the practical effects of the it's whole not thing like her, it's again make it feel. No, I mean, you've got the creature effects on Uh Bubba Hotep, you've got the scarabs, and probably the fire Uh effects, and that's that's mostly it, really.
2: Well, probably the most important thing that they've got is the old age makeup on Bruce Campbell. That's true. And I like that they didn't really try to make him look like Elvis. I think he... I mean, you just give him those those few things that that you instantly recognize as elvis like the glasses and the hair mm-hmm. and that's all he really needed and just the old age makeup is pretty dang good in this you know in the
0: in in the high res you can kind of see some of like the the uh the sure. nose putty around his nose and like some of the appliques on on some of the jowls but he still looks fucking incredible. Yeah. Like uh-huh. he again, you don't have to do much. The man's already yeah. got, you know, chin for yeah. days.
2: Exactly. Like
0: he's got one of the most pronounced um features in in B movie cinema. That's part of the yeah. reason why he's he has leading man good looks, but just like with a slapstick a slapstick sensibility. Uh-huh. Like you in another world you could see him having a John Hamm kind uh-huh. of career.
2: Oh my gosh. Him in this, uh, the interview <laughs> that mm-hmm. he did for the screen factory, I was like, Hey, now <laughs> like, he looks pretty
0: good. He's a good looking dude. He like is. I watched, I watched five seasons of burn notice. I mean, yes. look, that, that guy, <laughs> that
2: guy's fucking
0: great. Yeah. Bruce Campbell's a, a legend. A big, and a, a, we're a, Brett and I big fans of his. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like what a, what a, what a class act. What a guy. Um, if I could, if I could shake his hand and just like buy him a drink, I absolutely would like, We've we've talked about our love for Bruce Campbell many times, and we'll have many other opportunities to do so as well, because the man's done his share of failed franchise starters. <laughs> for sure. So this is not the first or last time we'll talk about Bruce another Campbell. thing I like
1: about um, the makeup with Bruce Campbell is, you know, that the different sort of periods of it, because they have him mm. old, old, and then they have him you know, in the flashbacks where he's younger. And there's a slight difference Mm. between the Elvis one and the Sebastian half one, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like, it's, it's really cleverly done. And I think it's, um, it's smart. Um, he holds himself just a little bit different (laughs) as Elvis and as Sebastian half. Um, I think he's more mm-hmm.
2: like Bruce Campbell when he's Sebastian. Well, Vance. and that's
1: what makes me <laughs> yes. I was like felt like that. To that's me. what makes me think he's you know? maybe not really Elvis because his moves when he's talking <laughs> about how he, when he broke his hip and he's going as, uh-huh. and I was really getting in on my moves and the moves are terrible. Yeah. They're just terrible. I mean, they're so bad. And, yeah. it, and But it's I've seen in particular. I was like, hmm. but it's hilarious. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so funny. The the moves that he's doing are are. <laughs> and I mean, you know, the the
0: like the Elvis's love for yeah. karate, like he he incorporates all of these elements uh-huh. in there. Yeah. And you, you again, he he feels like a shitty does, Elvis yeah. impersonator, but at the same time, <laughs> like you could you could potentially sure. believe that this man trade places with Elvis and at some the, point. The in dial-
2: the dialogue feels a little bit too cliche, Elvis sometimes too, uh-huh. you know. Mm-hmm. when he's talking about like when he's talking about like the size of the scare i was like the size of my fist man the size of a peanut butter <laughs> banana <Yeah>. sandwich <laughs> which is like right what elvis actually say that <laughs> i don't know didn't know the man obviously well he but, did love his right. peanut right. butter and banana. <laughs> sandwich. It's, it's those kind of things yeah. yeah but it's just one of those things that just yeah that just kind of make it feel like he's leaning a little bit too much in the persona like he's not actually the real person maybe I don't know. yeah and i think and like again, you don't know I for that sure, I love sure that the film right and that's right. Yeah.
0: that's the point though
1: the fact mm-hmm. that it's ambiguous yeah. is is and because everyone of course needs to think he's crazy you know mm-hmm. um and they do yeah
0: like mission yeah. accomplished like they absolutely think mm-hmm. he's mad and i think you as i think you as an audience member are kind of supposed to wonder like is this yeah is this man who he says he is, or is he who everyone else thinks he is? And that's, again, I think that's the great magic trick the movie plays. And mm. by making you question that, it, it's kind of a, a usual suspects kind of thing. Like, is, is this all Kaiser or, and, but But again, even if it is, who cares? Because it's yeah. a really great movie. Like, it's a great story, just like usual suspects might have been, <laughs> had most of the people involved <laughs> with it not turned out to be horrible people.
2: Well, and what also kind of makes me believe him, or at least maybe want to believe him, is the way other people treat him. Mm. You know, especially the nurse. Is she even given a name? She's just I don't think the nurse. Oh. She's yeah. the nurse. Just the nurse. Yeah.
0: And of course, he calls her a patronizing bitch. So,
2: which totally right to do because <laughs> that's <laughs> the way that. The way that she talks to him just like really pissed me off this time, because <laughs> she d- does sound very patronizing talking to him like a child and not like a person. And I love that line that he has like when um his roommate's daughter is there and they're they're talking to him and they're they're pretty much making fun of him, you know, right in front of his face, right to his face, yeah, to him. And when he says you know you know fuck you and they start laughing, and he has that line where it's like. Um, you know, you can't even cuss somebody out like when you're old and everything you do is either worthless or sadly amusing.
0: Because yeah. they walk <laughs> out of the room giggling. Like exactly. They think it's yeah. hilarious. Like, oh, that and- old man who thinks he's Elvis just told me to fuck off.
2: Yeah. That's what really gets to me about this movie. That's what the movie is really about to me. Mm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And about- that's what I found so m- moving about this particular watch of it was how... Um, it's I'm, what exactly did I, did I say to you last night? It's like this movie is about um, wanting to dignity. be treated with dignity. Um, And yeah. it's like, mm. uh, like a person of worth, you know, no matter how useless or crazy people may think you are. Mm-hmm. And, and the beauty mm-hmm. of the
0: movie is that they find – JFK and, and Elvis find that yeah. in each other. They find that purpose
1: again, you know.
2: Finding mm. a purpose and a passion in life when everyone else has thrown you mm-hmm. away or forgotten about you. And even if they may yourself. or may not believe
0: each other, they they respect each other. And they, mm-hmm. they show each other those that basic dignity that they wish others would show them, which is kind yeah.
1: of beautiful. and and that's one mm-hmm. of the things – you know, I, I was really moved, frankly – by um when kimosabi dies you know mm-hmm. and like you said you know he he died like he lived you know <laughs> shouting asshole down a hallway firing <laughs> cap guns right um but it's <laughs> <laughs> would that we all yeah, could go but, the same but, but that was just like you know the whole scene after that where they're questioning them and they just he says that they were, they scolded, were scolded again scolded. you know which again makes makes them sound yeah, like yeah. children they're treated like yeah, children that's, here. That's right, and uh, that they just decided just to lie. You know, mm-hmm. I think that is, um, that's a really amazing scene, and I, it, it just sort of hit me, um, just this idea of, of just being on. Un- wanted, unrespected, you know, even even the whole stuff where Mm -hmm. like the the guy his his roommate dies and the his daughter comes in and just throws away his purple heart and and everything and unbelievable and the and the whole his photographs photographs like can I have some of those? you know and I, I i just have to do the elvis impersonation i'm sorry um <laughs> no i brian
0: i want you to stop being yourself right now and uh, just well, be elvis well, for the rest know, of the I, episode. I, uh,
1: <laughs> I can try i can try real hard um anyway but oh, that yes. whole thing where she's leaning over and it's like and you know i caught a glimpse of her panties and i felt a little little quiver down there and then it just laid flat again because i was a, nothing to her but a kitty cat or something like that you know whatever he says exactly <laughs> it's just like it's like yeah sh- sh- it's the same it's the same as giving the house cat yeah point. exactly <laughs> right exactly i
0: think that is, <sighs> that he was so un undangerous or yeah. offensive yeah. that she didn't care that he she'd been giving him a bird's eye view of yeah her love's
1: exactly or something yes. something like that yeah, yeah. I mean the the, the the I gotta say the writing of this the dialogue that's written for Elvis
2: I know is so good I
1: mean is <laughs> the voice the voiceover stuff the is voice the best. yeah the vo- it is exactly it's just like it's it just catches that um and like you said it's it's sort of sort of Elvis over the top you know but it 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 captures some of those things that that you could kind of picture you could still picture those in in the real elvis's mouth for sure yeah.
0: absolutely like and, and again toward toward the end of his life the man did sort of become a caricature of himself did, in a lot yeah. of ways and of and of course you know this movie posits that it's because he switched out with a, an impersonator who was in effect a parody yeah. of elvis so that it kind of draws that line there but I mean, it captures that kind of parody Uh element that this movie is, in effect, parodying who Elvis's persona was. And I think that works kind of beautifully. And again, poses that question, like, is this
1: man who he says he is? Exactly. In in a really great way. Yeah, it's yeah. And and somehow, I mean, when they just sort of decide when he says, you know, he finally picks up the phone and says, Mr. President. Ask not what your rest home can do for you. Ask what you can do for your rest home. Like, you're paraphrasing my <laughs> <lies. exactly>. lines. <laughs> Let me paraphrase so one of my own. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> it's just it, it, just this whole idea. You know, them they're coming up with a plan that you know they're gonna they're gonna light the thing on fire and uh, yeah, literally, that's the plan. <laughs> light yeah, it exactly. <laughs>
0: fire kills a lot of things why not this yeah. guy too
2: i like when he refers to like he's got his wheelchair re- ready and elvis says yeah we could e- we're gonna use need some wheels man, oh, he's <laughs> like, real, man. Yeah. those are some wheels yeah. to, and the fact wheelchair. that he's got
0: these like this the sacred text from like the book of yeah. life or from his book of magic <laughs> and it's a so lyrics. bad too
1: those are so funny like terrible yeah. song lyrics. well and I, I, or like shitty poetry or whatever <laughs> and yeah. i love you know the whole thing you got your uniform and he pulls out the jumpsuit the white jumpsuit yeah. it's just beautiful yeah. and and you know the them just going there just heading out together like you know it's sort of like that shot from reservoir dogs where they're walking in slow motion right but it's but it's the <laughs> yeah. two of them you know he, uh, elvis with this he's got a walker and jfk with his uh With his wheel, with his, you know, powered wheelchair. It's just, that's just a, such a cool moment, too. It's, it's, it's just kind of badass, you know? And it's it's, great. It's just wonderful. And it's, it's the hero shot from the right side. That's what it is. You're right. Yes.
0: Two, two old guys walking down a hallway, one rolling and one, you know, hobbling down a hallway. Like, and it's still very effective while also being really funny. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm but it's also really sentimental because um he also uh, uh, elvis has his little good luck bag or whatever and he has uh kimosabi's mask and his roommate's purple heart because that's one of the it's things that's given yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that's like given him this life again is that they've they've realized like what the point again of, of the movie is is that they've been forgotten and you know, people don't want to come to see him that, yeah, that scene where, um, you know, he, he's talking to a bull's daughter and just saying, you know, like you could have come to see him. They don't charge you for that. Yeah. You know, definitely made me think I was like, Oh crap. Okay. If, that ever happens to my parents i know they will kill me if i ever put them any place like that but god yeah. if that has to ha- go i would go see them every day you know <laughs> something like that because i do remember i i hate to admit it but like when i was a kid i i definitely i had kind of that fear of like old people even my own family you know maybe it was just the thought of uh aging like for a lot of people it's scary to you know sometimes and you don't it's something you don't mm-hmm. really want to think about and something you don't want to face and yeah. You know, and seeing them you know in this place where yeah, they they're treated like kids and again i hate the way that the way the nurse talks to him because you see her in that scene where she's out there smoking a cigarette that's not how she really talks you know that's not like the cadence mm-hmm. that she uses with the patients is very different yeah. right it really she really is and that just kind of makes me mad and then it's, you know you you don't want anybody to be treated like that and that's why that's why they lie and that's why you know when they ask what happened to Kemosabi and that they're going to take care of it themselves because th- these guys don't really care even the the rosencrantz and gildenstern people who take the bodies out right you know by the third wow. time they're dropping them in the damn sh- rubs yeah. outside yeah. so nobody's right. gonna care about it and he's like and he says specifically he's like i'm not gonna let any mummy come suck out my friend's souls you know even though he doesn't really seem like he's friends with everybody in the rest of him, you know, or anybody really he knows yeah except for yeah except for jack maybe um,
0: right maybe
2: maybe i mean he's just like he's That's, the only one yeah. I ever really got along with and he, like he was right. like certifiable he said <laughs> um you yeah, know but he knows what they're all going through and he knows that they're they're still people and that they he doesn't want their he wants their souls to be intact like with game wasabi so
0: right very sweet. like again he dies Dies mm-hmm. at the end to preserve the dignity of everybody else in exactly. that place. Yeah. So and and that's again that that's as as you said, Brian. That's the whole point yeah. of the thing. So mm-hmm. you know it, they want dignity, and he dies to give them the dignity that no one else, even mm-hmm. the people that work there, are willing yeah. to give them.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah, and one of the things also that's really I find interesting about this movie is, and and I struggle with this a lot. I don't know if it's just the way movies are being made now or so. I don't know. I don't know. But so many movies feel so small to me. <clears throat> um, even like big movies. They seem very confined somehow. Whereas this one, even though it's small, low budget, and literally confined to this place most of the movie, it somehow feels grand and big anyway. And I, mm. I, I just kind of like maybe just just because the ideas are big and the characters are big or or something, I don't know, it feels
2: it's got great yeah. detail in it even i mean like one of my favorite things about this movie is jack's mm-hmm. room like oh my god <laughs> he's got the blue carpet and all the furniture and stuff that makes it look like the oval office it's freaking hilarious yeah. and he's got like, one the, thing the,
0: the, the setup of of dallas the square <laughs> of <know. in> dallas <laughs> he does. he's got the pictures of every conspirator hanging from his wall <laughs> jack ruby lee harvey oswald like everybody's hanging from his wall like it's it's fantastic yeah.
2: Nobody says anything about it It's just like a sight gag But it just adds a little bit more Like you know Richness and, and depth to the story yeah. And to the characters Yeah I
1: mean this movie literally takes place Inside the rest home And just outside of it You know the Between mm-hmm. you know Just the park outside And going down to the river next door That's it But somehow it feels mm-hmm. Big to me It's yeah. the
0: ideas And I think I think if if what you care about is making something that's going to appeal to a broad audience, your ideas almost have to be small because you're trying to appeal to the largest swath of people and be very inoffensive. And so that kind of cramps you in that that boxes you in, whereas something like this where you're just like, I want to make something fun and creative that may not resonate with everybody, but a certain subset of people this is really going to sing to. And I think that you you are able to go as big as you want with something like yeah,
1: that. I know people were kind mm-hmm. of making fun of it, <laughs> but when Harry Styles said, "This is a movie," it feels like a movie. <laughs> think about this movie as it feels like a movie. I. I I don't want to necessarily give a lot of credence to that because I felt like that was kind of stupid the way he said it, but I kind of get it. And then you get Chris Pine next yeah. to him, kind of going "Hello, Darkness, exactly, my friend. yeah." Playing in his but head. I gotta say, in some sense, <laughs> in some sense, I kind of get what he means because there's so much of what I see in movies now that feel like small. They feel like television. They feel like, um, or I mean, television in some ways feels grander than than a lot of what we see um in movies now because you can do more with an yeah. idea on tv now. or some yeah so i i don't really know how what, what i'm trying to say here obviously <laughs> but there's but there's a sense that where i'm just feeling like somehow these these little tiny because i watched <laughs> i watched a bunch of low budget um movies that start with night of the today. So I watched night of the creeps. I watched uh night of the demons and night of the demons 2. They're all like these really kind of small budget movies that take place in just a couple locations, but somehow feel just massive, <laughs> you know, even mm-hmm. though they're, they're yeah. just like these little movies and same with Bubba Hotep, something about, like you said, it must be the ideas, the characters, the, um, the sense of just being willing to go balls to the walls with how you are approaching the material Um, even. Mm -hmm. And, and the creativity Mm -hmm. involved in making a movie that has no money behind it to, to make it work anyway. And I think that is so much more interesting than, than, you know, Avengers 12. Agreed. So, 100% agree. No yeah. shade on superhero movies, are... but I mean, I it's just not, it just, it feels weirdly small to me. <laughs> Even. Yeah. Like, I would say this is a bigger movie in terms of just its scope and its ideas than Doctor yeah. Strange 2. Well, I mean, I think of, when I compare um, more of an apples-to-apples situation, Doctor Strange 2 to everything everywhere all at once. Everything everywhere mm. all at once is really swinging for it. M- my yeah. my favorite
0: movie yeah. of the year so far. Yeah, that movie yeah. fucking rich, and that's a yeah.
1: that's a no budget movie. And how they managed to do what that they did with that so is just like yeah, and it blows mm. your head apart. I mean, it's and it's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted a multiverse m- movie to be. You know, yeah, 100
0: percent, hundred percent. So definitely
2: and when you have the kind of ideas that this one is using too they're really simple yeah. techniques that you can use to convey those ideas like one of my favorite things that coscarelli does is in the early sequences when it's just elvis uh elvis's view from his bed where everybody is sped up you know um everybody like coming and going and out of his room, the nurses coming in to check on him coming out and coming in to clean. Yeah, and, I love that. And him, him just, him just switching positions in his bed, you know, not really knowing or caring like what time of day it is. It seems mm-hmm. like, and he is, he is confined, confined mostly to his bed because of his hip, yeah. I guess. But it just, I mean, that just, that was very sad to me when I watched it this time. Cause it just kind of conveys the, the mundanity, you know, yeah. of his life, uh, of, You know, where it's the same thing every day, and he's not really connected to life or connected to anybody really around him, and it's just going through the motions until you die. Basically, is what this place is. Everyone's just kind of waiting around until it happens to them. Well, and
1: and you know, then when he thinks he sees Lisa Marie in the doorway, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. really powerful moment. But then also, gosh, the way they do the mummies flashback, where he looks into his eyes and he sees all that you kind of almost feel sorry for the mummy thing, you know, for, for everything. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Cause he's sort of thrown away. by. Society. They
2: do the mummification yeah. while he's yeah. alive. They, they, they
1: do, it's sort of like he's thrown away by society too. Just like these, uh-huh. these people that are um, in this home, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, the, that whole idea of just being thought of as useless and unworthy of anyone's time anymore and that you no longer have any kind of ability to contribute to society but then when he's laying there beside the um the river at the end uh, and he says uh you know but i still have my soul you know and so do all those people mm-hmm. up there at shady rest yep. that's a beautiful moment And you know, just that then the stars align and we see all is well. And then Mm -hmm. him saying, "Thank you very much," as as yeah, (laughs) thank you very much as he dies is just like (laughs) it's really moving, and it's and it's it's just (laughs) testament to to the fact, like we were talking about earlier, that Bruce Campbell is not just doing an Elvis impersonation; he's really Mm -mm. embodying a character. Um that whether he's had a mental break or not <laughs> is someone that right. matters and makes a difference in the world and no one will ever know about it. You exactly.
2: Because so much of his voiceover throughout the movie is about regret. Oh. Yep. A regret mm-hmm. of like the kind of father that he was, the, the did he make the right decision, you know, switching places with Sebastian, like he was, he felt like he did the right thing because he was making friends and he didn't have to deal with, you know, fame anymore. But, you know, and then he, like, sees when he, I love the part when he, um, sees like the Elvis movie marathon on TV yeah. and he kind of has another moment of reflection and, and regret on, you know, mistakes that he I made in, like, different I should've, 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 ways. I should have left the yeah. should have done this, should have left yeah. the colonel
1: when we, uh, when we, uh, started doing the pictures. Yeah. So.
0: Which I mean might be a good segue <laughs> to talk about what the sequel was yeah. supposed to be for this.
2: I can't believe we didn't um, talk about the cancer on his penis. Yeah. Come on. That's He's like
1: got a, got
0: a big he, part he, does have,
1: he does have a growth <laughs> on his pecker.
0: <laughs>
1: growth on his pecker,
0: yeah. Uh what what does it look like? We don't know. We're not we're not privy to look at, at Bruce Campbell or Elvis' penis in this movie. But uh, I mean we do see some Egyptian boobs. Uh that's yeah. nice. <laughs> but i know uh, i caught no, like a
2: flash like two seconds of them i was like okay that's right that's good
0: i mean that's, that's all you need just you know just a dash <laughs> that was good you know just just a little seasoning for the stew is all you know you don't need too much
2: <laughs> um, One of my favorite moments is when um she's it's such such a weird thing that they're doing when she's they have to do that little thing you know mm-hmm. that has to be that done that
0: has to be done <laughs>
2: <laughs> and when he finally when he uh, he's like Flashing back, and he's remembering like the the girl that was in the room earlier, and he gets a boner, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. the best like Bruce Campbell moment. Mr. Like I'm Hell. fairly, <laughs> I'm fairly certain this was probably like an improv thing of him. Like when he's got his hands, wet. Like, and then you kind of take one, <laughs> another quick peek under yep. the blanket. It's like the best part. <laughs>
0: Such a great moment. Like, and then of course he's now emboldened to to like hit on this you know nurse who's just treats him like shit yeah. all the time, and um. Yeah, no, but it's, I
2: mean, it's, it's, it's it's another thing that wakes him up. And, you know, we, yeah. we see from then on that he yeah, he is walking a little bit better with the walker and he's more mobile is like and like he says in the voiceovers, because, you know, there's something that he's interested yeah, in, something exactly. to connect him to life again.
0: Yeah, even though it has been there's been two presidential elections since that's happened. Right? <laughs> It's it happens again. And and he's he is up and at him. No pun intended. Who am I kidding? That pun was absolutely intended. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, So apparently Coscarelli didn't initially have any plan to make a sequel to this movie. Um, The the Bubba Nosferatu and the Curse of the She-Vampires was just like a joke. Um, And then the more this movie got like attention and kind of the, mm-hmm. the cult status of it raised, he was kind of, I think emboldened to, to try to get it into production. Um It was initially supposed to center around the filming of an Elvis movie in like the fifties and sixties. Uh It would have had Paul Giamatti as uh Colonel Tom <laughs> Parker, which is <laughs> fucking that inspired is casting. Beautiful. <laughs> Tom Hanks, who exactly, is what I yeah. want to know. Oh, wow. Because Paul Giamatti, Boslerman should have cast Paul Giamatti in that. That would have I been fucking insane. <laughs> um, Ron Perlman was supposed to be in it at one point, too. I don't know if he was supposed to play um, the the titular Bubba Nosferatu or if he was supposed to be the uh, Elvis after Bruce Campbell left the picture. But I think around 2005, 2006, Bruce Campbell's basically left the, the project saying, Don and I couldn't really agree on what the movie was supposed to be, so I I kind of walked away. Um, and then what he said um, in the
2: interview, they said they yeah they had ideas. They both had ideas that you know one liked this idea, the other one didn't like it, and they didn't want to like end a friendship over it. He said, yeah, Yeah, which I'm excited to go their separate ways about it. And it seems like Coscarelli's
0: idea was the one about the the filming of the prequel about the filming of the Elvis movie in the the 50s and 60s. so, I mean, that, that's what the movie should have been. Uh, Michelle, you and I were talking before the recording started about the fact that we we missed out on a whole Elvis know, versus right? the Universal Monsters like franchise. Because we've got Elvis versus the Mummy. We could have had Elvis versus uh, Dracula. We could have had Elvis versus the Wolfman. Elvis versus Frankenstein. Michelle, we could have had it all.
2: We could have had Elvis versus the Invisible Man.
0: My who favorite. would not look i mean look if you want to see bruce campbell beating the shit out of himself
2: oh my god exactly elvis see? versus the invisible man like you
0: just have yeah. to do it like Damn. there's something just inherently
1: brilliant in that well, idea the new and would be the new evident costello series which would exactly. be, It'd be a to, new like
2: which, elvis versus everything yeah.
1: i mean i man i would sign up for that in a heartbeat Jeez!
0: Hell yeah. Definitely. Like like I said, Brian, we, we could have had it all. all. <laughs> and instead, what we have is just this kind of perfect artifact <laughs> frozen in amber. Yes. Um, that we get to dissect and talk about on this very <laughs> silly podcast that very few people listen to. But hey.
2: <laughs> it's not honestly, really bad way. <laughs> it's not really a bad way to go when what you have is pretty freaking great on its own. Exactly. <laughs> yeah
0: you know <laughs> right like and and i again like it if you guys enjoyed silly
2: after this i think there's ab- a little it, ab- the I, think I think it would point. have yeah the sincerity would have been a little bit lost maybe yeah
1: i think that was probably true agreed
2: that's what the strength of this movie really is isn't it well, okay, hey yeah, now
1: we've got austin butler's elvis so maybe he can come in and and play Who? um
2: yeah and, and play, oh. and play but,
1: you know this version of elvis is sort of like his next you know after after a few gets a few more years under his belt he can he can come back to the elvis thing and and do do you know don coscarelli's um visions of uh of uh 50s elvis movies fighting vampires mm <laughs>
0: And again, my 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 solemn hope is that we do actually cash in on that Paul Giamatti yeah. as Colonel Tom Parker yeah. idea because holy shit, that's that's too yeah. perfect to to leave behind. <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing though can can Austin Butler be I comedy? Don't I don't idea. know.
1: I haven't even seen the Elvis movie yet. I have HBO Max yeah, yeah. and I haven't pressed play on that Same. thing because it's three hours long and I'm Same. tired and yeah. I just feel like watching silly. Oh I just, you know, today was I, I have had a rough week at, With the children at school And so what I did today Just watching horror comedies Starting with Bubba Hotep And, and uh, ending with Night of the Demons 2 um, That was a good day
0: That sounds like a great day What a great yeah. way to spend a day um,
1: So Honestly. I mean All like 90 minute uh Horror comedies <laughs> Beautiful and I had already seen three I of mean, them. Yeah. So that that even made it better. One of them is is Night of the Creeps, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So there you go. <laughs> See our previous episode with Brian on Night of the Creeps. Brian, who is
0: is going to become our our Fred Decker. Oh yeah. Like if you go-to. don't call me for Monster Squad we're gonna cover every Fred Decker. If you don't movie. call me
1: for Monster Squad, you know, I mean sorry, friendship over. Brian, you're on the list for Monster oh, Squad. All right. Okay.
0: You're you're also on the list whenever we cover Robocop 3 on Unenfranchised. Never seen
1: Robocop 3.
0: <laughs> it's a Fred Decker movie, and apparently the only Fred Decker movie you've never yeah, seen. Exactly. So. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. And, and the thing is, What am I on? Well, the you know list what? For? We should have Michelle on to talk Monster Squad, too, I think, because
0: we can First we can do it. Well, Michelle we've actually got you on the list to talk about a couple things I, i'll remind you after the recordings over uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> um cuz honestly when when i came on to talk uh to talk citizen kane with you guys on movies for life i literally just Sh- set you guys the link to the list, and you guys just started picking movies that you wanted to talk about. I just like while we were sitting there, you're like, "Put me down for this one." Put me down for this one. Put me down for yeah, I like, will
1: literally I- be watching a movie, and I just like this movie was supposed to have a sequel, and I and I'll and I'll write to you and say, "Hey, I wa- I want to talk about this one." I know one of them that I mentioned to you. We already are talking about on our show, but I'm always willing to talk about it again. So, but hey, yeah, anytime. Like again,
0: any <laughs> time I am anytime I can have either one of you guys look, if if you listeners have enjoyed what you've heard here today, you should absolutely be listening to Movies for Life. Uh, one of the yeah. best podcasts on the pod sphere. Uh, one of my consistent favorite podcasts. And again, this is the kind of insight that you get every other week with these guys. So why wouldn't you be listening? Uh, it's not even time for plugs. I just I just really want really to show that no, thank you. <laughs> Like I haven't done the box office or, or anything on this movie. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's what the sequel would have been, should have been. And that's the franchise that we lost out on uh, because of, you know, I I guess the, the years this thing languished in development hell. Um, But this movie does not, I mean, look, it's a B movie through and through it makes just a little over a million dollars in the domestic box office makes um, maybe a quarter of a million a little over a quarter of a million in the international box office makes about 1.5 million total worldwide um, opens in theaters on September 19th, 2003 in 62nd place <laughs> um, opening weekend of $35.6 thousand, thousand yeah. dollars. Yes. Uh, the number one film in America. It, it, it was a successful franchise starter, uh, a little movie called Underworld, uh, which also features those... uh, horrific things that bump in the night. That's one of those. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that's all of one those. Of those
1: I, I have a whole list of franchises that I have not seen a single installment of, and that is one of them.
2: You don't need to see Underworld.
1: Okay. I was going to say, Brian, I,
0: I again, I, I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but okay. I think you're okay. <laughs> I think you're okay. I said it too. Yeah. You did. Here's the thing. There are there are people who will come after me for saying those kinds of things because they have. I have. Brian gave me all sorts of shit for, give for shitting on the psych Brian gave me all sorts of crap for shitting on the psycho sequels. Right, so what? And Michelle will too, because <laughs> yeah. she likes I'll them give it.
2: I will too. <laughs> I like them. <laughs>
0: you and you, both of you and Tucker, like all three of you guys are just gonna kick the shit out of me for For my (laughs) description, in fairness, I and this is the thing that Tucker does a lot. If if I talk shit about a movie, he'll immediately text me and go, "You haven't seen that movie, have you?" (laughs) And nine times out of ten, the answer is no. I haven't. I've just heard about it. And he's like, "You should shut up and watch the damn movie."
1: Psycho Psycho (laughs) two, I think, for most people, has become like a legit. They'll they'll say, "Yeah, that's that's a good movie." Yeah. A lot of people are less hot on Psycho three, but I love Psycho three. I wrote up uh, that one. But Brian, I, uh, how do you feel about Psycho, Psycho 4? Psycho 4 is fine. I don't hate it. Psycho 4.
0: Because I, I did. I, I told you that we would have to have you on Unenfranchised to talk Psycho um, 4. And you kind of bristled a little bit when I asked Psycho
1: you Psycho 4 is a movie um, that was directed by Mick Garris. <laughs> and that is all I will say. Okay. Yep. That tells me all <laughs> I need to know.
2: He will get his chance with Psycho Three.
1: Yeah, we're gonna talk about Psycho Three. That's right, and another, another (laughs) much and another much maligned uh, sequel to another big franchise. So that'll be fun. That'll Mm. be fun.
0: Yep. that's a nice little
1: tease for a future episode of Movies for Life. It's not even gonna be in the Halloween season. It's just random date. Hey, we're just we needed something (laughs) here. Let's just do that one
0: sounds good i'm honestly we 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 do that yeah. from time to time on here we've had a couple of times this this past month when the past month or so where we've had to call an audible and it's like you know what let's yeah. just do this like we've 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 been sitting on this one for a while yes. let's just do it um yeah. so yeah that totally okay uh in second place at the at the box office secondhand lions also in its opening weekend that one pulls in about 12.1 million in third place also opening the fighting temptations Uh, Fourth place, Once Upon a Time in Mexico in its second weekend, (laughs) down from one to four, uh, September. Not a great time for movies. Um, And then in fifth place, Cold Creek Manor, which is a movie I have
2: not heard of.
1: Not me either.
2: That's a little thriller. I've seen it. Now I'm forgetting who's in it. Forget it. Never mind. <laughs> Fair enough. I can picture um, it, but I've <laughs> seen it. I, <laughs> I, seen it. I don't remember. Rounding <laughs> out,
1: <Not> memorable apparently. <laughs>
2: apparently,
0: rounding out the top ten, we've got Ridley Scott's Max. I love Men. that
1: movie. Uh, Dick... I love that. That movie one's fun. Is underrated. I never saw that one in Ridley Scott's. That was movie.
0: the movie that made me go. This Sam Rockwell yes. guy. I think that me might be onto something. You know, Nicholas
1: Cage is is great in that too. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Alison loman yeah. fantastic that's a, that's a I think that movie is horribly underrated in Ridley Scott's filmography it, I yeah. had a
0: good time with it. I've only yeah. seen it the once I, I need did.
1: to revisit it but it's Love it's a lot movie. of fun
0: uh in seventh place Dicky Roberts, former child star uh in eighth place Eli Roth's cabin fever Never seen it. uh in fifth okay, place right. in its eleventh week uh Pirates of the Caribbean, the curse of the Black Pearl. And rounding out our top 10 is Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation. Oh, yeah. I haven't
1: seen that in a long time. I got to
2: check that out again.
1: Good
0: movie. Same. I
2: never saw that one.
0: Um the uh, the Tomatometer score on this is a 79% certified fresh on rotten tomatoes. The critics consensus is the best movie to star both the King and JFK. <laughs> uh the Metascore is a 57. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 57% Metascore. Um, based on Mixer Average reviews from 28 critics. And the Letterboxd score is a 3.3. 3. Um, Michelle, we'll start yes? with you. Out of five stars, how would you oh. rate Don Coscarelli's
1: Bubba Hotep?
2: Uh, I give it a four. Okay.
1: A fair rating. Brian, on what about you? Viewing, I upped it a half star. Four and a half? To four and a half. Yes.
2: I don't know now. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, I like it that much. I, I don't know
2: now. I gave it a four
1: as well.
0: I gave it a four also. So,
2: i'm yeah, I'm kind of going between four and four and a half now.
0: Like, like it, I it, it up it. the whole star for me. Like, the last time I watched it, I was like, this is good. Like, I enjoyed this. But this time I was like, this, really is, good. this is great. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I, that's I, the thing I about with... a
2: movie like this is that. No, it didn't make a lot of money. No, it wasn't that popular, but the people that know about it and have seen it, mm-hmm. love it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and rightly so. It's it's fun. It's a fun little gem of a movie. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened this far into the movie and this seems even remotely interesting to you, uh, check it out. I mean, we barely mentioned... Um, we barely mentioned the fact that the, the mummy shits out the souls that he eats, or the fact that he writes uh, really dumb graffiti on, uh, that, I was on the gonna, walls. That of was the gonna toilet. be my
2: that was gonna be my my last words of the
0: podcast. Oh <laughs> damn, damn! Sarah gobbles donkey goovers. Cleopatra <laughs> does the nasty. Cleopatra does the nasty. What is it he word. says at the end? Eat, <laughs> eat eat the dog dick of Anubis. Is that <laughs> what he says guy. at the end?
2: Uh, okay, this movie. Best use of subtitles I've ever Absolutely. seen in my um, life. The mm-hmm. way that they appear, like they come like literally come out of the mummy's mouth and like appear in Egyptian on the bottom You get like the hieroglyphics the... there. Come on. Why doesn't yeah. it like every movie do subtitles like that? That's freaking.
0: And cool. the one of it is like it's like something about shit, like eat shit or something, and it's like <laughs> literally got a guy like squatting over a yeah. toilet <laughs> is one of the hieroglyphics. Like it just the visual gag there too is so funny. I know. <laughs> you almost get the idea talk- that maybe yeah. they didn't want to put the subtitles there at all and just leave the hieroglyphics up and say i don't know you figure right. it
2: out <laughs> exactly but then it was like
0: someone someone went you know we really should probably this would be a lot funnier if they knew what these meant
2: it's it's funnier if it's the dog dick of anubis yeah <laughs> right <100%. laughs> we didn't talk about the music oh, which yeah, is another the music one of my amazing. favorite amazing. elements so of this good. movie I don't know elvis music that's kind of what it sounds like (laughs) you know it sounds like like fun like little guitar riffs and then um there's also just like one of my favorite little drops is when um the mummy is walking down the hallway and he has that like connects elvis connects with him somehow and he has that flashback and it's like Mm -hmm. this rock and roll theme going on with it and then when you know certain scenes like at the end and like when Kimmosabi dies, it's this really beautiful like sentimental um, like score going on. it's beautiful. I love the music of this I movie. love that it's
1: scored by by a rock band you know it's it's guitars and it's drums and bass and you know it's a really mm-hmm. it's the it's the only sound that could be and it has a little bit of that Sergio Leone Western flair to it too yeah. I think um, you know it's sort of the good the bad and the ugly kind of which also fits really well yeah, yeah. kind of thing going on and I think it, it's just perfect score it's it's, it's I, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's one of the things that I was you know and, and it's again you know when when that comes on over the closing credits it's just kind of I don't know it 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 it's moving In its way, you know, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. I know nothing about music, but I'm, I'm,
2: I'm smiling and nodding. Absolutely, (laughs) I don't either. Brian knows how to like put it into words better. I'm just like, it's really pretty, and it makes me feel things. (laughs) I like music. (laughs) Isn't it cool?
0: I'm one of those like people who like as I've old, as I've gotten older, my taste in music is so metastasized that I'm like, I don't even know what's popular anymore. I'm just gonna listen to what I want (laughs) when I I want to same crusty old man yelling yeah. at a cloud
2: i know um, what i like and that's what i, I like. listen to
1: a God, lot of it. what else I do listen i need to a lot of the who and the rolling stones and bruce springsteen because i'm <laughs> and that's the kind of music that wouldn't your old my parents would listen to not even me if i was listening to gotcha, my generation's yeah. music so anyway i mean i was listening
0: to oldies when me i was too. a teenager like i was me too <laughs> It was it was Neil Diamond Mm -hmm. and like Dion and the Jim Croce. Like that was my shit. Tom Jones. Hell yeah. Like that was my shit when I was in high school. All my friends are listening to like Green Day and Weezer. And no, not me. I didn't like Um,
1: Nirvana when they first came out. (laughs) I I like them more now than I than I. Sure. My dad
2: taught me about Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith and stuff. So that's what I was into when I was a teenager. I mean, Brian. I get why you wouldn't like Nirvana because with the lights out, that looks dangerous.
1: Um, you know, just here we are now. Out there. Entertain us, and what have <laughs> we what <laughs> we've been doing?
0: I, I ask our listeners: Are, are you not you entertained, not entertained? at this point? <laughs> are you not entertained? We've, we've, at, we're at fucking tired now. I, I say, entertain
1: people. us. All I think is Beavis and Butthead. It's like it says, we don't need. Television to entertain us. <laughs> you said anus. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we there have a- good <laughs> night, everybody.
0: <laughs> um, that is uh, for good or <laughs> ill our episode on 2002's Bubba Ho tap Um, what? What do I again? care? I got a growth
2: my <laughs> what Bring it back to the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what an absolute joy is always to have not just one of the hosts of Movies for Life, but both hosts of Movies for Life on simultaneously. Uh, you guys, it is an absolute joy uh, to have you guys on to, to get to talk to you about this movie. Uh, tell us a little bit about Movies for Life, if if you want to give us more of a tease of of some of the stuff you've got coming down the pipeline. By all means, but but let us know uh, let us know what's coming. Let us know where we can find you
1: guys. Well, I'm sure both of these will be announced. Uh, by the time this drops so um this is dropping yeah, thursday so we um this coming wednesday we so the day before this, this will be available now is um uh, we are ah. going to have uh one of our friends forever favorites episodes with anthony king on on hey. the burbs uh f- Ooh, for for yes. our uh for kind of Halloween season. Um, we recorded it in like June. So (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I feel really bad that it took so long for me to get these done, but, um, it's the way it goes, I guess, with my life. Sometimes, I mean,
0: look, your editing, your editing process is exactly so. as we were talking about before we started recording. <laughs> no, uh, and, well, you
1: know, when when you have such a high standard to uphold, it's, it's, it's s- more like it took me forever to get to, to it. Is what it is. What happened? Oh, um, I see. But then also, uh, we will have announced um, that our we just released our red eye episode. Uh, so, I've been on to talk about all the West Craven. Uh, failed franchise starters which is so. great. Yeah, by the way, Red Eye rules. Not all of them. You you passed. On I did cursed. pass on cursed because I don't think I could have gotten it together in time to talk about that one. But I liked that, that episode. We did ask Michelle to to join us
0: on cursed, and she was like, "Oh, when is it? When are you recording? Oh, tomorrow. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah, I would
2: I wouldn't have been able to get ready yeah. for that. <laughs> I hadn't seen it, I haven't seen it in so long yeah. still. Right.
1: Um, and then. So our next one after that is our is our Halloween season, uh the spooky season feeling yeah. episode. Yeah. So we picked a couple of Halloween movies that are not Halloween movies that are not horror movies. Um so mm. we picked uh Well Michelle, do you wanna just say what you picked?
2: Um, I picked Practical Magic from nineteen ninety eight. Nice. And I picked
1: E.T. the Extraterrestrial from 1982. So we have a...
0: <laughs> Another movie we have yeah, you on the list I am for, happy yes. to talk about it
1: again <laughs> because I love that movie so deeply. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> <laughs> for the listener at home, Brian just pulled out
0: a, uh, a stuffed E.T. toy of E.T. Yeah. in a hoodie <laughs> as he wore in the film E.T. the Extraterrestrial from well, 1982. Well, technically
1: Elliot wore the hoodie, but
0: he
2: didn't yeah. wear that elliot yeah, wore that but, but it's... he
1: didn't
0: put it on et at one point no. did i just mandela affected that
1: mm-hmm. but you know hey it's all right um but yeah so um we had a great time talking about those
2: i like that this one yeah it kind of went back to our like pairing up two movies that don't go together at all but in our minds they yeah. do <laughs> kind Spiritual of thing that we connect. had yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, Where can we find you guys on social media? If we want to know more about you, Uh, Michelle, why don't you kick us off? Tell us where we can find you on the socials.
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I am at Michelle in Agan. I don't really talk about a whole lot except for what movies I'm watching and when I'm eating cheeseburgers. So there you go. Hell yeah. My
0: my fellow (laughs) cheeseburger kindred over here. Absolutely. (laughs) Tomorrow Uh, night now. It's usually Friday nights. Much. sorry i i, I ruined your the <laughs> cheeseburger
2: time i'm so sorry i'm so sorry to infringe upon your cheeseburger time <laughs> i messaged him earlier and was like you do realize you scheduled this during cheeseburger time. cheeseburger time right i, I had night. i known it was cheeseburger <laughs> o'clock i would have pushed it back an hour um maya
0: maxima culpa um and and but again eat, eat a triple cheeseburger tomorrow in, in, in my oh, honor
2: that's an idea okay like,
0: yeah hey i mean i know you know not against double, that but hey that, not against that you know if, if if you're gonna if you're gonna go big go real big so. <laughs> yeah you guys you guys, you guys gotta come yes. up some
1: some time and visit me here and we'll have an earthquake burger at the fair um hell <laughs> yeah, we,
2: we need to take you to sonic because you still haven't yeah, been it... oh you've never been to Sonic, <laughs> okay, Brian? exactly <laughs> here's the i about sonic.
1: sonic is literally just down the road from us the church i know the church we got married in is where that's why is where, you should have gone there for your the 20th anniversary this year the sonic is now where uh the church that we um got married in is is now a Sonic.
2: so why didn't you go eat there for your 20th anniversary
1: i believe we had this conversation prior to our record on the
0: yes Life. we did yeah. <laughs> i because i remember this yeah vividly.
1: i know <laughs> i've i have failed I have failed.
2: You still have not fulfilled well, your duty. We were in <laughs> go eat a cheeseburger at we, we were it. in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, you were in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So
0: then you know what? You go okay. when you come back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it, it you you've been married for twenty years all That's year. true. So, you know, <laughs> that's the beginning of year 20. Like there's still so much more to do yeah, in year 20. That's
1: true. That's true. We, we, can, we, we can definitely take care of this. Um, okay. So back to, back to business, I guess. Um,
0: no, this is more, this important. Is more
1: important. Okay. All right. It It is.
0: And then you guys have to come visit me in Indy and, and we'll, I'll take you to working man's friend. Home of one of the best smash brothers right. on the planet.
1: Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, yeah. So you can find me also on Twitter at uh, brianwaves Brian Waves42. Um I got like more engagement than I've gotten in weeks when I posted that I was watching Bubba Hotep. So people dig this movie. So hopefully, um yeah. Hopefully we can get lots of
0: engagement on yeah, this I episode so. too.
1: I hope so. And you can find our show I love us. Yeah, you can find our show at movie life pod on Twitter. Um, and
2: Brian's doing a much better I job try. at like tweeting stuff out. You're I, doing great. I just Hell
1: come yeah. up with random. You were, you
2: examples. were. Yeah. I'm really bad about tweeting from the disenfranchised account. I'm not going to lie. We were doing pretty bad about it. And then I was like, hey, we should probably do more stuff. (laughs) So like like when we have a show coming out, maybe it'll pop up on the feed more. I don't think people, I think
0: people barely knew that our Dark Shadows episode existed because I barely did anything about it. It was kind of like a last minute. Oh yeah, this episode posted today. You should go listen. (laughs) If if I if I if, uh, like didn't even get like the preview tweet if I, or anything. If I miss yeah.
1: posting an episode, I'll, I'll get a text from Michelle. You're slipping
2: because you do it usually. You're really good at doing yeah. the same time every every yeah. Wednesday, and then when I notice that it's like past 11 a.m., I'm like, Brian, what the yeah, hell?
1: I know. It's like, dude, <laughs> it was my day off. I was out on a walk.
0: I don't care. <laughs> you have a job. He's out. He's out here trying to be healthy. <laughs> You gotta bring him yeah. down with all that negativity.
2: I never bring him down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's usually quite the opposite i'm I'm down and she she's she sends me a text and I, it's like oh she that's so funny that's sweet she's she's always making me <laughs> laugh. She's sending me pictures of redheads um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an inside joke. Kind of want to know more about it. Redheads. I mean, look, who doesn't you gotta, like redheads? You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> I think I'm pretty frank about it in our in our in our practical <laughs> magic uh, segment of our episode. So,
0: I and mean, my look, wife knows full Nicole well. Kidman. My wife knows this all full well. So she even uh, Nicole Kidman yeah. is one of the most gorgeous creatures yes. to ever walked the planet. So. Yes,
1: and when she's a redhead, it's like <laughs> over. It's like more. even more, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> as she is in practical mm-hmm. magic, so yep, and she's yep. a little yeah. yeah. Nicole Kidman, she's a little bit bad. I mean, look, which is really hot.
0: I mean, to Nicole Kidman, I will say, look, we come we come to this place for magic. <laughs> we do. Um, <laughs> we really do. We really do.
1: Yep. Um, I. <laughs> you can find the dis- <laughs> we have derailed. We have broken
0: <laughs> this podcast. Is broken. Um, and I wouldn't, I can't think of any other way to go down than with you guys right. on the ship. Thank when, you. That's when go. ours
2: is the best, <laughs>
0: absolutely. When we just devolve into whatever the hell this is. Um, how did we get here? Who cares? Let's keep going. Doesn't matter. Nicole Kidman's hot and so are redheads. Um, we come to this place for magic, um, and you come to this place for the disenfranchised podcast. Uh, You can uh, hit us up on all the social medias. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Facebook at disenfranchpod. Please send us an email. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's a future failed franchise starter you'd like to see us cover, disenfranchpod at gmail.com. The best way that you can support us is by uh, shooting over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leaving us a nice, big, juicy five-star rating And review, please, if you've not done that or if you've been sleeping at the wheel, uh, that can go a long way to helping us find more listeners like you. And damn it if we don't like you. Damn it if we wouldn't like more people like you. Um, And additionally, another great way to support the podcast is sliding on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash justinfranchpod, where you can hear the great Brian Kuyper talk about his favorite movie in the Scream franchise, Scream 4. On uh, Unenfranchised, which is our uh, $5 uh, Patreon tier, where you can hear us talk about movies that killed your favorite long-running franchises. Um, that one was from last January in honor of Scream 5, a.k.a. Scream, uh, coming out. Five Cream. And so Brian, five Cream. Five Cream, as it should have been called. Uh, missed opportunity yeah. there. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, but that is all she Wrote for this episode of the Disenfranchised podcast. Uh, I am your host Stephen Foxworthy for my absent co-host Brett Wright and our very special guests Brian Kuiper and Michelle Egan. I am your host Stephen Foxworthy. Until next time, Disenfranchised has left the building.
2: No, I love it. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Coming up.